up, JFW family? Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to be able to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone with all things JFW. Back at it, we got Jim and Dave White and Super Dave. Welcome, guys. Good morning, everyone. Morning, everyone. Good morning. Going over episode three real quick. We currently have 71 followers. Episode three had 146 downloads. And we're currently at 443 total plays. We got a lot more feedback. Uh, A couple guys approached me, Jimmy V, Ron Bugler, Dustin Romero. He was actually against the podcast the first week. He was uh, our negative review. He actually sent me a pretty nice message saying he's been enjoying them and keep up the good work. Uh, Zeus, he had some good things to say. Anthony Harper. We actually had Chewy from Plant 2 ask when the next one's coming out. Uh, Cisco Rezer at the West Yard said he listens to a lot of podcasts. He looks for things that are funny, educational, and motivational, and we hit all three. Rudy actually left a very nice review on Apple Podcast. He said, as a truck driver, I frequently listen to podcasts to keep me entertained, awake while moving down the road. This is a good way to keep the fleet informed and aware of all things related to the company and the other drivers as well. Thought that was pretty cool. I know your dad said he enjoyed it. He wants to come on. There's just a little bit of a buzz going around the yard right now about the podcast. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for listening and, and making the buzz. I know Dave, uh, Brother Dave, mentioned it last week, I think it was, about tell your friends about it, get everybody listening, tell the other drivers about it. You know, if we can spread the word, it just makes us better, you guys. And just so you guys know, I'm sure you read the Bamboo announcement, but we are on Spotify Apple Podcast and tune in now. So if Podbean's not working for you, feel free to check out those other platforms. You guys ready for the dad joke challenge? And just so you know, Brother Dave, this isn't official. Nobody voted, but we're going to give you the win last week. Woo! There's a lot of people saying Abby Dobby do in the yard right now. So <laughs> you are you are the winner. Yeah, it was pretty funny. I heard uh, somebody the next morning said the said that, and then somebody asked if that was French. So it was pretty funny. <laughs> That's great. Oui. Well, Brother Dave, since you're the champion, you get to kick it off. Oh, I hope this week's not a letdown. Do you know what a mermaid washes her fin with? Oh, man, I should know this because my daughter loves mermaids. I don't. Tide. Wow. Okay. I think the cornier they are, the better they are. So that's pretty good. That's pretty corny. Super Dave, you look super prepared today with your dad jokes. I don't know if that's a PDF or what you got going on over there, but let's hear it. So I thought the dryer was shrinking all my clothes. Turns out it was the refrigerator all along. (laughs) That's a good one, Dave. Okay, nice. Jim? Okay, well, mine's not quite as corny as those two. But anyway, so there's this old guy, and uh, he's been talking to his neighbors and stuff. And they have a new camera system, the light photo radar system going out of his neighborhood. And the neighbors are all talking, hey, you know, you got to be careful when you go out. You know, we've had the cameras flash, and I've gotten a ticket in the mail. And the old guy's like, oh, man, he said, I'm, I'm not going to get one of those. So he goes out of the neighborhood and starts to go through the intersection, and he's going really slow, and he's just all aware of everything, and the light flashes on the, on the camera. And he's like, what the heck? He's really upset. 
So he turns around and he goes back through it again, really slow. And again, the camera goes off and, and flashes, takes a picture of him. And so he turns around again and he's like, I just can't believe this. That's making me so mad. Why is it flashing? So he goes back through it. He's waving to him. He goes back through it three more times. So two weeks later in the mail, he gets a photo ticket for not wearing a seatbelt. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Mine's pretty short. But, uh, why did the pepper not go bow hunting? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> he didn't hop an arrow. <laughs> oh, I think you may have got it for the week, Jan. Uh, I practice that one a lot. Like All right, getting into celebrations. Um, birthdays, Gerard in 0051. He just had a birthday, I believe, yesterday. Uh, Gerard's not been here very long, but uh, so far I'm pretty impressed with what he's been doing. Happy birthday, Gerard. And Leroy Luna, the night mechanic that goes over to the West Yard. His birthday's coming up this Saturday on uh, October 30th. Leroy, my man. Yeah, he's a cool cat. I love watching him run through the yard. He reminds me of an Impala. Anniversaries, we got Jennifer uh, down in Dispatch. She'll be here eight years on Thursday the 28th, so tomorrow. Woo! Yeah, congratulations, Jennifer. Thank you, Jen. And then Ray Davis, two years this Friday. Ray Ray. Ray Ray. Probably the most exciting celebrations this week is we've had two drivers that had babies we had uh rudy uh in 0039 he had a baby boy on tuesday and then adam as well on uh 1023 he had a baby did he have a boy as well i believe it's a boy i think so not sure but either way there's two more drivers congratulations you guys we got to start them young I just want to apologize to everybody as well. Uh, there is a back order on the anniversary shirts. Typically, you guys get those on your anniversary or close to it. But like a lot of the supply chain in the world right now, 511 is having difficulties as well. Uh, they are back ordered into November 11th. So should be getting you guys shirts here shortly. So I do apologize for that. The other thing I wanted to bring up is uh, when we went over perfect attendance last week, had a couple drivers come up to me and say, hey, you know, I haven't missed a day either. Last week, we announced perfect attendance for the whole year. So if you haven't been here the whole year, but you still had perfect attendance, we do appreciate that. So Uncle Freddie, shout out to you. Good job, Freddie. So hey, guys, we've been kind of going down memory lane, and I kind of talked to you about this earlier, and it was kind of unclear maybe the way I was asking it. But my question was, and I hate to use the word takeover, but when did uh, Jim and Dave, when did you guys start transitioning or kind of taking the reins over to, to JFW? Um, well, I started just after, started working here uh, just after graduation in 1982. Dave did the same thing in 87 as far as full-time. We both worked here during the summers. Um, never really had any power. Mom and Dad were making the decisions and... and uh, everyday operations, we were just either mechanicing or driving or, or doing both. Uh, and then uh, around 1990, we had a company that we were uh, hauling for all the time, or their main hauler, and they ended up as a company themselves filing bankruptcy called Denver Ready Mix, and they filed bankruptcy. They weren't paying their tire bill, their fuel bill, obviously their trucking bill, and so we were in debt. Uh, quite a bit because they hadn't paid us for three or four months and we were trying to work with them and at that point 
Uh, mom and dad, they were pretty tired, been running the business for years, and were was thinking or they were thinking about possibly filing bankruptcy also. And uh, they asked me and Dave if we'd like to keep going and, and what we thought. And me and Dave kind of jumped in and, and been working hard and, and growing each year and, and running it from then. Oh, that's awesome, guys. Really cool story there. So um, I got to thank Troy Hunt. He sent me a lot of questions over. So, I mean, he basically wrote a lot of the questions on the outline for me. One of the questions he had is, uh, when is the West Yard going to get fuel? I know a little bit about we had a tank over there. It was the wrong tank, so we had to wait. But what's the fuel status at the West Yard? Good question, Jim. We'd love to answer with some certainty, but uh, the whole West Yard process over there, the location of it, uh, what we're up against with floodway, floodplain issues, where permanent structures can be placed, uh, we have a location, we can put a tank, we have approval from Brandon where we can put a tank, but uh, we haven't been able to find one. The, the one that we purchased, we were told was a certain tank. It was not when it got here, and uh, so we were actually able, the person we bought and paid the tank for was able to turn around and sell it and, and get it back out of there. So we are still working on a tank. I mean, I'd love to tell you, hey, we could have one in there next week and up and going. That's what our goal is. But honestly, we haven't been able to find a tank. A, a brand new tank is over $100,000. Our budget is not $100,000. We don't have that ability to go in there and do that. So we're trying to come up with the best solution. And right now, it's, it's still the best solution is fueling at Choco over there off 74th and Vasquez. Yeah, and the tank Dave's talking about, too, you guys, just a little background on the tank. It can't be any ordinary tank. It's a UL 2085, correct, Dave? Yeah, correct. And so that rating is a tank that's steel wrapped in four to six inches of concrete and then wrapped in steel again. So it has to take uh, this huge impact. It also, in, in, during testing, it's actually set on fire and has to be able to burn so long before it, uh, it perforates the shell or, or melts the steel. So it's quite the tank to meet the guidelines is, is one of the big issues. Yeah, also bulletproof with the concrete. It's kind of crazy, you guys. Gotcha. And you had mentioned floodway and flood zone and all that stuff. That kind of brings me to the next thing with uh, IPOC. I know, Dave, you have a, a passion for what's going on over there. Can you tell us a little bit about IPOC? Yeah, so IPOC, for those of you I mean, that want to know what IPOC is, it's I-P-O-C, the letters I-P-O-C, IPOC stands for Industrial Property Owners Consortium. What that is is a group of business owners that they're in unincorporated Adams County where the West Yard is. Uh, Adams County has a comprehensive plan that they're changing. They want their vision of Adams County to be basically more glamorous. Their goal, they're in uh, text three or phase three text amendments of a five-phase process to change their comprehensive plans. What that means is their vision of Adams County, they just want it to be more glamorous. They're basically creating the ability to push out industry. Everyone who's been in this area for the last 30 years, Adams County or unincorporated Adams County there was built on industry. I mean, Adams County is the backbone of, of Denver as such, as far as being an industry-laden area. And, and what I mean by that is 
when I say industry, it's companies like ourselves, uh, Brandon Companies, Aggregate Industries, Martin Marietta, Navajo Trucking, uh, Fiori and Sons, Emco Trailers, Utility Trailers, United Equipment Financing, Merit Trailers, uh, gosh, the list goes on and on, Shoco Fuel, uh, Often Petroleum, where we buy our fuel here for the, the East Yard and whatnot. All of these businesses are affected by what Adams County was trying to do by changing the zoning. And basically, they wanted to take our I-1, I-2, and I-3 zoning, which our property over there at the West Yard is I-2, which I stands for industrial. That's how it's zoned. So we have rights by just title, meaning I-2 has certain regulations that we're allowed to use. It's called right-by-use uh, permitting. And what Adams County was trying to do was change some of the wording on their zoning. Well, when it's zoned I-2 and we have a right by use, they can't really do that. It was basically illegal. And the way they tried to do it was basically sweeping it under the carpet. They didn't let any businesses know. We came together with Brandon and Fiore and a couple other businesses in the very beginning. And, you know, everybody that was here in the office heard me make call after call after call for weeks on end trying to inform other businesses and the people that we reached out to of what Adams County was trying to do by changing the zoning. The largest factors in the zoning that they were going to change was basically the number one thing we were fighting was storage. They wanted to take our ability to store anything, limit us from using 85% of our land to less than 20% of our land. Part of that storage factor that would change is anything that sat on your land for more than 72 hours would need a special permit. So on a three-day weekend, if our trucks didn't run, they sat there for 72 hours, would we need a permit for the trucks? Would we need a permit for the trailers? Is it the whole unit? Uh, how much is it? Do we buy it for the day? Do we buy it for the week? Do we buy it for the month? Do we buy it for the year? Do we need one for our trash dumpsters? What, what is the wording? And basically, Adams County couldn't answer us, and it basically set quite a fire up with all of the industry. So we formed IPOC, Industrial Property Owners Consortium. We're now 166 members strong. Every member that I listed there a few minutes ago is a full-blown member. IPOC has been created. It sounds like it's going to run for a long, long time. It's becoming an entity. Uh, we formed a board. I'm on the chair of the board. And it's, it's a pretty powerful thing. When you looked around that room and saw 166 members of an industry we support, the, basically the players that were in that room are very impressive. It's, it's a big business. We were able to actually get Adams County to stall their vote. Uh, they were actually going to vote on it November uh, 7th next week. And we put so much pressure on the county commissioners and on Adams County staff by going to their meetings by reaching out to them by telling them to stall the vote that we actually got it accomplished the attorney that we have that was representing us said she has never seen anything like this happen we came together in less than 60 days we formed a group and we stopped the county from doing what they had been working on for over a year and a half now so it was a pretty proud moment last week when we got the information last thursday we were to the point we were meeting every thursday to accelerate our process to meet the demands that Adams County was putting on us to get it stopped. So it was it was a big deal. I mean, 
you know, and it's things you won't hear about. Uh, we have a Facebook page. Uh, we have uh, any other way we can get it out on social media. We need as many followers as we can to do that. So if if anybody can go to their Facebook page, just, just search IPOC, I-P-O-C. It'll come up. Please follow us. Uh, if we can get up to 1,000 followers, I think we're almost at 600 now. It would just be great that we can show support and, and put that pressure on Adams County commissioners to, to not force industry out of Adams County. We need industry here. We can't move anywhere away. Where we're at right now and where we're located right now is crucial to, to our employment base. Every business that's here draws employees from everywhere around us. We're basically in the heart of the wheel and that's where we need to be. We all can't be forced out and move to Weld County. That only gives us two places to pull employees from, and that's basically south in Brighton or north in Greeley or Fort Lupton. And let's face it, we need to pull employees from everywhere around the Denver area. And that's basically where we're at. That's what we're up against. It's, we've, we won this battle, but we haven't won the war. So now we need to go to work as our board has been formed and we need to try and work with Adams County to rewrite their, their, their vision of what storage will be. That was the number one thing. There were many, many, many rules that, uh, gosh, were affected by it that we haven't even touched upon. And I don't have time. It would be a podcast on its own to do any of that. So anyway, I hope I haven't rambled too long. I hope I didn't bore anybody and make them turn the, turn the radio off. So that's it. That's IPOC. I think that's great information. And uh, it sounds like a victory to me. Great job to IPOC. Good job, everybody. Can you guys talk about some uh, upcoming jobs we might have, halls, winter contracts, or anything like that? I know for the halls and winter contracts, we have everything we did in place last year is still in place. Um, something we were working on just recently, and we haven't got all the, the paperwork done. But we're going to be moving, uh, I, you know, I don't remember. I think it was around 2,000 tons from Arcosa up to Lyons to the CMEX plant. And hopefully that'll turn into a, a long-term haul. So that's something in the next uh, 30 days we'll be knocking out. And then I, I know, Jam, one of your other questions about snow plows, but we also have all the snow plow contracts still in place, um, which turned out last year to be uh, quite the boom. Um, the company that took it over that's helping uh, the UP run that is a company that uh, just needs stuff done and needs it done the right way. They want you there early. They want you to stay after the storm. It's a, it's a good uh, addition to our contracts. Absolutely. I did see, uh, and everybody, I'm sure if you've been by the West Yard, it looks like we have a small fleet of new snow plows. Winter, winter work is quite the thing around here. Snow removal is a thing in its own. How do we manage to uh, organize that whole thing? Man, you're asking tough questions this morning. So uh, managing and organizing that whole thing is, has become an undertaking. Uh, it involves many of us. Last year, we had uh, Potter kind of reach out and uh, take charge of the intermodal yard, which is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week facility that we, we plow over there. And uh, he did such an amazing job. He knows almost everyone that works here, knows so many guys even over here at our West Yard. He's pretty involved with everything. He took over. He lined everything up. He set everything up. He listed who was going to be in what equipment. I mean, he just stepped up and did a great job for us. Took care of actually that yard. Took care of Wine Coop. Took care of another yard in Aurora. 
took care of the tower yard over there off I-70 and uh, I-25. And we've now let him set up all the arrangements for the uh, roller yard. So basically, Potter will be making arrangements for who's going to be in what and uh, reaching out to everyone and setting that up. So he took a large portion of work off Super Dave's plate and my plate and will help facilitate all of the 24-hour movement that we need. We'll all still be involved and uh, appreciate all the help that everyone has given us along the way and look for more guidance through this process. It'll be kind of a learning curve how we move forward through here. Yeah, nice job, Potter, and uh, great job to everybody who did snow removal last year. Your dedication speaks for itself. Absolutely, and I got to throw out there, and you know, when Jam asks, you know, who's going to be, how do you do the snow removal, and how are we going to coordinate and stuff? The big deal of that is, does anybody know exactly when it's going to snow, and does anybody know exactly how much snow we're getting? That's what makes it difficult, you guys. Is it's the unknown. Moving on from snow removal, uh, another good question here because we were talking about expenses to JFW. How much have we spent on brooms and shovels this year? (laughs) Here's a good question, Jim. (laughs) Pretty easy one um, because of the way we GL it in the accounting system. So as of right now, and there might be, oh, maybe a hammer and some tools in mixed in, but uh, we're at $3,494.36 for brooms and shovels. And... Basically, the cost is anywhere from $17 to $25, uh, a broom or a shovel. So I just divided that by 20. Uh, That makes it 175 brooms and shovels so far this year. That's interesting. And I got to tell you, we've come a long way in that area because I remember when I started, you didn't get a broom and a shovel. You had to go buy your own broom. You bought your own shovel. You actually bought your own CB radio. And now that's something that we supply to everybody. So thank you, guys. Any other expenses you could share with us? I know fuel is a question that's come up, and any anything else you might have, Jim? Sure. Yeah, Jim, I know you, you put there here on the sheet or, or our outline here about fuel. Uh, just some quick notes on that. So, so far this year, um, and that's uh, end of September, we've spent $3,183,582 on fuel, and you guys know it, and you see it at the pump when you go fill up your cars or pickups and stuff like that. So just a little interesting fact, this time last year, because fuel was so much less, we'd only spent $1,889,433. The difference, just some quick math from last year to this year, is $1,294,148 more on fuel this year compared to last and whatever your political views are on that or anything like that or what's causing that, that's just a, a fun little fact. It's, it's pretty tough to keep up with that each year. And then I also looked up, just right quick, you guys, uh, so far the drivers, just the drivers, doesn't include the office or the shop or the mechanics. You guys have knocked down $5,758,120. And then, so you guys know how important when we harp on safety and crashes and different stuff like that. Our uh, general liability auto and property insurance, we've spent, or what the bill is so far this year, uh, to have the coverage we have is $742,827. Yeah, when you start putting numbers to that stuff, it's, it's crazy. Super Dave, great question for you. How are safety bonuses calculated? 
Yeah, it's pretty straightforward, Jim. Um, safety bonuses are 2% of your gross pay. Um, they're paid out quarterly. Um, they're usually between three and $500 each quarter. And the safety bonus was created back in 2016. Ideally, it was to help prevent crashes and damaging incidents because hopefully the drivers would stop and think and say, okay, wait a minute, you know, maybe I better not pull through that tight spot because I might bend my bumper or uh, I better get out and look before I back up because I'm on a blind side here and I can't see. So I don't want to, you know, cause damage and lose my safety bonus. Um, there are uh, a specific criteria of things that will uh, cause you to not earn that bonus. Um, any vehicular or traffic accident that involves uh, damage in, uh, injury or a ticket. Uh, any damaging incident that involves property damage of ours or others, such as our customers' properties. Um, and uh, that is deemed the driver's fault or a preventable situation. Um, any routine traffic citation, speeding ticket, overweight ticket. Uh, anything along those lines. Um, any breach of safety protocol, such as a geotab speed alert. And uh, I think our rule is two speed alerts within a 30-day period will lose your bonus. Um, any obvious mechanical failure that is not caught at the end of your shift that causes your truck to be down the next morning. And that's a big deal because we really, really stress post trips because we have a a uh, group of seven or eight mechanics that come on duty at 4 p.m. every night just to fix everything that we've um, written up on our trucks, uh, anything that's happened throughout the day. And we say this over and over again, you guys, um, we only have one mechanic that's on duty at 5 a.m. So if uh, you didn't bump your tires and you have a flat tire first thing in the morning, you're waiting. And that's costing loads and that's costing everybody production and income. Um, and that's not a good deal. Um, cab cleanliness is something that is actually on this list as well. And I think a lot of people do not understand that. Um, if you've got windshield uh, spray cans rolling around on the floor, you've got McDonald's trash, you've got um, debris that's going to get in the way of your feet when you're trying to push the uh, brake pedal down, especially in an emergency. Um, that's dangerous, you know, so we want the drivers to keep the cabs clean and tidy. JFW has provided us with the most beautiful trucks in the world to drive. Uh, let's take care of them. And uh, if we don't, you're going to face uh, a safety bonus loss. So it's not very, the criteria in the cab cleanliness is not very intense either. It's uh, you must clean your floor. Um, the floor mats may be dirty, but uh, the floor must be swept or vacuumed clean. Uh, dash must be free of dust, interior windows must be clean, and uh, your trash must be removed. Um, and that's about it. If you can um, achieve all of those things in, during the month, you're going to get a good bonus between three and $500, which is a good bottom line to have. Just listening to that list, I feel like we have probably backed off a little bit. I didn't know all those things were disqualifications, so you might want to pay attention to that. Absolutely. We are super lax on the post-trip things that we find in the morning. The trucks that come in with no lights first thing in the morning, the flat tires we find first thing in the morning. And uh, yeah, gosh, if we were looking to just take things, 
which isn't our goal. We're after providing things, you know. I mean, there's a lot there we could just go, hey, you lost your bonus. Look, you didn't meet this criteria. That's not the goal. We'd rather educate and teach someone how to be better. That's the main goal. And just something right quick also to you guys. We talk about you lost the bonus or we took the bonus. You guys, you didn't earn it. We didn't take it and you didn't lose it. You didn't earn it. And uh, hopefully Jam or Super Dave can help me out. And I, I think one guy that comes to my mind right away, when we talk about the uh, cab cleanliness, I mean, yeah, we need to find the things that are broken and all that kind of stuff. But when I get in a cab and it's, it's spotless, and I, I am so impressed because it makes me feel like I'm, I'm walking into somebody's house that cares, their, their personal home. And I know Zeus is one guy. I've been in his truck. It was, it was spotless. And Jam or Dave, can you help me out with a couple other guys that you've been you're in the trucks more than I am. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Seabass, he keeps a really, really clean truck. Uh, Surge, he keeps a very clean truck. Uh, 0051, Abos isn't here anymore, but perhaps he'll listen to this. He kept his truck so clean, it's still one of the cleanest trucks in the fleet. We just put uh, Gerard in there, and we kind of gave him a talk like, hey, Gerard, you're inheriting one of the cleanest trucks in the fleet. Let's try to keep it that way. You got anybody else, Super? Um, not right off the top of my head, but I was just looking down on this criteria list and it's, uh, provided everybody in their driver manual, their, uh, three ring notebook when they get hired on, if you wanted to review the list, but I overlooked this one at the very bottom. It's number 10. This is a big deal. You guys, a trailer that is left with material inside mm. after you've driven it for another driver to clean out. That is a cause of not earning your bonus. Absolutely. Another guy I just thought of is Miguel. He keeps a nice truck. And guys, if we're not mentioning you here, I'm sorry. You can let me know you keep a truck clean as well. Yeah, if you want, I'll even I'll even make up for that, Jam. If they want to come get me and show me their truck, I'll walk out with you and look at the truck. That's how much I appreciate a clean truck. Very nice. Moving on to procedures, we're going to cover accident procedures Guys, this is so important, and I know a lot of you have never been in an accident, which is great, but what you do when you have an accident is super important. The first thing you want to do if you have an accident is you want to ensure scene safety. You know, paramedics and firefighters, when they get to a scene of an accident, a lot of times the first thing they do is make sure the scene's safe. They'll even say, scene safe BSI. That lets everybody know that the scene is safe. If you're not in a safe spot and you're trying to help people or call 911 and you get injured, that's not going to help anybody. So make sure you're in a safe spot uh, where you could either get out of the truck or get to a safe spot before you do anything else. The next thing I would say is, are the other people okay? Do they need emergency care? If they do, call 911. If they don't, fantastic, right? If you know how to help somebody, if you have some first aid or you know, you know what to do. You're some kind of first responder. Help them out. If not, definitely call 911. Once that's taken care of, you definitely want to notify us as well. Because once we've been made aware that you were in an accident, we're going to try to pull some video footage ASAP. If possible, either me or somebody else are going to come out to the scene of the accident. One thing you never want to do is admit fault. Even if you think it was your fault, give us a chance to review the video. We may see something that you weren't aware of or cannot recall. Uh, I could think of an accident we had on I-25. 
the driver called in said hey i just blew out a tire it hit the big truck next to me we're pulled over we're starting to exchange information or whatnot well i started headed out to the scene and uh brother dave sent me the video and what actually what actually happened was this driver actually changed lanes before he was clear of our trailer the tire did blow but it was because this this driver changed lanes into us so if it is our fault we will accept responsibility we're not trying to dodge a bullet but when you have an accident there's so much going through your mind your adrenaline's going you may not th be thinking straight so don't admit fault right away let us watch a video let's make sure we actually did something wrong or if we didn't you know we'll be out there with the video getting you exonerated from from the accident if it's not our fault it's really important for the other driver to get ticketed when when we file an insurance claim and somebody's been ticketed for the accident it just makes it a lot easier for us it's not a he said she said the police came out they decided it was the other driver's fault that really helps our insurance claim and nowadays when you have an accident there's really not an exchange of info like there used to be the state trooper or the cops they take everybody's info and they give you an exchange of info sheet a lot of times everything that's that's needed isn't on there and we got to wait to be able to get a copy of that accident report so if you could get a picture of their license their registration and their insurance card and just send that to me that's a big help as well it's a lot better than if you write it down because if you write it down you could either you know typo or misspell a word or put down the wrong phone number and that just kind of stalls the process on our insurance claim as well but to be fair let them take a picture of your stuff as well you know if you go up to them and say hey here's all my information you know you're more than welcome to take a picture of it but i would like to pay, take a picture of yours as well there's usually not an argument there and then pictures pictures are super important the more pictures you take the better it is for us uh, we don't just need pictures of the damage though we need kind of a further away picture you know an up close picture and then a detailed picture of the damage just do your best there i'm going to take additional pictures or whoever comes out will take pictures as well but the more pictures the better guys good good job jim wait a lot of good procedures right there moving on to the safety topic of the week uh, we've been talking about the four greatest causes of truck crashes that being speed space distracted driving and fatigue we've already tackled the first three so today we're going to tackle fatigue and here's some tips of how to fight fatigue the number one tip get enough sleep before getting behind the wheel i mean guys if you come into work well rested you already went into battle if you've only had four hours of sleep the night before you're kind of setting yourself up for failure tip number two maintain a healthy diet i mean that's the hardest thing to do anyway but if you're eating a bunch of junk food and your diet consists of candy bars and energy drinks you're just going to have a lot of ups ups and downs or highs and lows and when you crash you're going to feel fatigued tip number three take a nap this is huge if um, you know we noticed that your truck was pulled over for 30 minutes when it shouldn't be and you told us hey you know, I'm just super fatigued. I'm actually, you know, I took a nap so I could continue my day. Nobody's going to be upset with you. Actually, I would say if you were falling asleep or you're tired and you called dispatch and said, hey, you know, I need to pull over for a quick 20, 30 nap. Nobody's going to give you a hard time about that, guys and girls. We'd rather just you get a little bit of rest and continue on down the road. 
Tip number four, avoid medication that may induce drowsiness. You know, if you're on medication that makes you tired, not a good time to take it when you're behind the wheel. Tip number five is a big one. Recognize the signals and dangers of drowsiness, okay? Indicators are frequent yawning, heavy eyes, and blurred vision. And Super Dave, you kind of mentioned this last week about being tired and comparing it to drinking and driving. So research has indicated that being awake for 18 hours is comparable to having a blood alcohol content of 0.08%, which is legally intoxicated and leaves you equal at equal risk for a crash. That's crazy. I mean, if you think about that, they're saying you're drunk. I mean, that, yeah. that, that's nuts. I know. I've been, I think we've all done it. We're driving down the road and... You know, fatigue is kind of a pride thing, too, especially for truck drivers. Like, oh, I can make it. I mean, what man don't you know that's like, we're going on a road trip. We're going to drive as far as we can before we stop, right? Everybody go to the bathroom now because we don't even want to stop for that. So to me, it's a little bit of a pride issue. So I do have an interesting uh, factor as well. On October 16th in 2005 at 2 a.m., a 23-year-old truck driver fell asleep behind a wheel caused him to enter a ditch and eventually roll his truck over on both westbound lanes of Interstate 94. Minutes later, a charter bus carrying a school band crashed into the truck, killing five and injuring 29. As a result of the crash, the driver was charged with five counts of homicide by negligent operation of a vehicle and 29 counts of reckless driving that caused great bodily harm. I don't know if he was convicted or not, but he was facing 90 years in prison. And it's not just being fatigued. It's any kind of accident that you have. If people die, you're going to have big problems. Hey, Jim, I want to touch on that because we've been in those situations over the years. We've had uh, three fatality accidents here, knock on wood, none of which were our fault. But the minute you get that, that triggers a DOT audit. It's mandatory. And this brings up something that uh, we run into all the time as far as having your T's crossed and your I's dotted. And what I mean by that is your paperwork done daily, your complete name on your paperwork, your hours of service updated daily, your all your paperwork turned in, your write-ups on the truck. You know, I, I mean, everything that we train you to do needs to be done on a daily basis. And, and those things are huge. I mean, both you and I, Jam, were at the last instant here last year where uh, we had that woman that had a, <laughs> the police called it a COVID-induced psychosis, and she ran out on the freeway, and Juan, the guy that was driving the one of the Freightliners, he did an amazing job up there in Brighton, just past Highway 7 there, came to a stop, still hit the woman, you know, luckily, knock on wood, she was, just had a, I believe, a broken hip or something like that, but... Uh, it was like playing Frogger. I mean, she jumped out when he moved lanes. She jumped into his lane. You know, he was able to divert her at the last minute. And uh, it was tough, man. We went up there and we had to gather a lot of paperwork super fast. If we have all the paperwork done, it's correct. It's ready to go. We can hand it right to the insurance company. Because that afternoon, that happened at, I don't know, noon, 1 o'clock, 10 o'clock, something like that. By 345, our insurance company was in here. I mean, they were... They were on top of it. They needed all the information on the truck. They needed the driver's logs. They took a look at the driver's phone. They downloaded how much he'd been on the phone, everything about it. So, so this information is crucial when we have one of those really bad situations. And it might not be your fault, but trust me, 
you will be crucified through the process. And the more prepared we are, the better we are. Tip number six, do not rely on alertness tricks to keep you awake. And I've been guilty of this in my past. You know, you'll shake your head or people think that smoking or turning up the radio, drinking coffee, opening a window or other tricks, all those things aren't really cures for drowsiness and give you a false sense of security. To me, that's where you'll actually get in trouble is you're doing these tricks to keep you alert. And then eventually you're not doing tricks anymore because you're sleeping. Also, excessive intake of caffeine can cause insomnia, headaches, irritability, and nervousness. And caffeine, it takes a while to get into your system. So if you're tired and then you have a caffeine drink, it's not going to work as fast as you want it to. Rolling down the window, turning the radio up, same thing. It may work, you know, in that moment, but it's really not an effective way to maintain an acceptable level of alertness. All right, guys, moving on to the high road hauler. Super Dave, what do you got? Well, good morning, everybody, again. Um, I really like this one because everybody has certain goals. Um, There's certain needs, I think, for people when uh, they're going through their life. Um, But this is about the keys for success. What is the key of success in life? What is success in life? Is it becoming rich? Is it being fulfilled in your job? Is it being loved? Is it having a family? Is it doing something great or making history? Living a long life? Reaching a place of inner peace? How about just being healthy and happy? Truth is, there is no single answer. Success means different things to different people. It totally depends on you, who you are, what you believe in, and what is important to you. Some people could care less if they were rich or famous. Others literally kill to become rich or famous. But at the end of the day, all we want to do is sit back and say, I had a pretty darn good day today. I feel good. Whatever drives you as a person, here are 10 essential uh, rules for success. Live with integrity. Live in such a way that would make your mom proud, even if she knew all your worst moments in life. We should always strive to do the right thing. Remember, integrity is doing the right thing when nobody is looking. Two, do what ignites your soul. The world has it wrong. Success does not create happiness. Happiness creates success. We are happiest when we follow what is in our hearts. When we are at our happiest, we are more willing to give 100% to every minute of every day. Ultimately, we would rather risk failing at something we love rather than succeeding at something we hate. Three, find mentors and role models. You can learn from others who have achieved what you are working towards. If you want to be the best at something, look at the people who are the best and learn from their experiences. This will allow you to avoid unnecessary mistakes. History is always a great teacher. Number four, grow 1% every day. We are all works in progress. No one is perfect. The most important thing is to keep learning and growing and evolving every day. Do your best to learn from experiences, books, people, videos, and anything you can, even podcasts. (laughs) It's a daily attitude and an everyday mindset. Surround yourself with greatness to unleash your greatness. We can simply be the average of five people with whom we spend the most time. If you surround yourself with haters and doubters, you will become a hater and doubter. 
If you surround yourself with thinkers and achievers, you will become a thinker and achiever. No one succeeds alone. There is an old African proverb, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Number six, embrace failure. Failures are stepping stones on your way to greatness. Embrace them as opportunities to learn and grow and evolve. There is not a successful person in the world who has not failed. Michael Jordan once said, I have missed more than 9,000 shots in my career. I've lost more than 300 games. I've been trusted to take the game-winning shot 26 times and missed. I've failed over and over and over again in my life, and that is why I succeed. Give more than you take. The average man seeks what he can receive from the world. The extraordinary man seeks what he can give to the world. Uh, number eight, eliminate the bad apples. Take, it takes strength and courage to eliminate the bad apples from your life, but it is necessary so that you can unleash your potential. Think of those people as dead weight bricks. Cut out the dead weight and watch your life soar. Number nine, choose light over dark. There is a battle in each and every one of us every day. Don't succumb to anger, greed, jealousy, hatred, revenge, arrogance, entitlement, or any other form of negative energy. Negative energy begets negative energy. Do your best to choose positive energy, such as gratitude, humility, patience, courage, happiness, hard work, charity, and kindness. Goodness and positivity are choices just as evil and negativity are. Be careful what you feed every day. You will become what you feed. And number 10, live life with a warrior spirit. Be unbreakable. Life is not fair. That is just part of life. Bad things will happen to all of us. No matter what happens in your life, promise yourself that you will always do your best and fight the good fight. Be a warrior. It doesn't matter how many times you get knocked down in life as long as you always get back up and fight for your dreams. And the quote this week, uh, it's a real good one by Colin Powell. I think if everybody has read the news, Colin Powell just died uh, last week. Uh, he was a super great guy. I've always said to myself, if he ever ran for president, I would have voted for Colin Powell. Um, but this quote this week is, there are no secrets to success. It's the result of preparation, hard work, and learning from failure. Great job, Dave. I, I want to say thank you. I've been mulling around here this morning complaining about this and complaining about that and being negative and basically just bitching about all the problems we're tasked with dealing with on a daily basis. And you guys can sit here. No one can see you on the podcast, but I know you're shaking your heads agreeing with the mood I'm in. And uh, I just want to thank you for that, Dave. That that was a good high road haul, and it gives me a little different perspective. So thank you. Yeah, great job, Super. Final thoughts, everybody? Uh, yeah, mine, I, I, you know, each week I've told you different things here, and I have one I found uh, success is not final, which Dave mentions in his High Road Holland about success. Failure is not fatal. You know, if you mess up, it's, it's not fatal. It's not going to kill you. And it is the courage to continue that counts. So I ask everybody, just do the basics and keep up with the basics. And that's what counts. That's what will make you fantastic. That was a good one, Jim. Hey, my final thoughts are I wanted to throw a shout-out to Troy Holmes. Uh, this week we started hauling 2,000 tons down to Colorado Springs area, going through the port with however many loads to create 2,000 tons are. And our goal is to get through the port and not have one overweight ticket. 
in the small amount of 2,000 tons. I know you guys probably think that uh, should be very easily attainable, but apparently it's not. We go down there all the time. Matter of fact, we've been overweight at that port so many times, along with the Fort Collins port. They're threatening us to start cutting body parts off of you guys if you show up down there overweight. So uh, my shout out to Troy Holmes was, I was trying to reach everyone by radio. He was one of many people that I called yesterday, had his radio on. Troy, thank you for that. Much appreciated. And uh, I just want to say I'd, we really want to get through this 2,000 tons down there to the springs, not get an overweight ticket. Everyone, please be under 80,000 pounds. Please check your axles, tractor, and trailer. Be sure you're under 36,000 pounds on each of those. Please, the goal is to get through and no overweight tickets this time. And if you have any confusion about that, ask one of us. If you can't do the math, ask one of us. There's apps. There is a lot of great guys here that'll help you. You know, really, uh, this is something everybody should be thinking about every day. Um, when you go out in those trucks and you're driving down the road, um, be aware of uh, what you're doing. Keep your head on a swivel. Be careful. Take your time. Look twice. Look three times. And uh, let's get home tonight in one piece and get ready to go do it again tomorrow. So I want to finish up uh, a few years ago or many years ago when I was in sales. Uh, I was given a book called The Go-Giver. Everybody knows what a go-getter is. I mean, we could probably name off 10 people right now at JFW who we think are go-getters. I'd like to challenge you guys to change your perspective on that. Let's work to give instead of get. You know, if you're like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get seven loads down a plant two today, instead of giving, getting seven loads, let's give seven loads. Let's give the public a good safe experience with our driving techniques and be self-aware, be others aware, and be aware of the impact of what you do has on others. So if you're going to a plant and you're about to dump and you dump in the middle of the bin where another guy can't get in and dump, let's try to just be a little more considerate and be aware of the impact that it has on others. That's all I got. If you guys like this podcast, please respond to uh, our bamboo notice. As always, suggestions and comments are welcome. And who knows, maybe we'll do this again. Thanks, everybody. Proud of y'all.